back to another episode of Teachers Talk Film, episode 33. Shout out to Larry Bird, Larry Legend. Shout out to my great friend, co-host, X-Ray. X-Ray, we had SATs today at the high school. Um, how were things at the 8-9? What's, what's new? We had practice SATs at the eight, nine today. So the freshmen were taking their, their practice, getting geared up to do the real thing. Honestly, one of my favorite days of the year, it's a, it's a half day. You just read a script, you send them on their way. Well, what, I mean, what could be better than that? It's a little boring, but so what? I'm, I, I get kind of worried about, um, proctoring. I did the SAT today, so I wasn't as worried about this, but like, I feel like at the freshman level and like tomorrow, the sophomores are testing. I'm not proctoring, but I feel like there's an element of immaturity that those underclassmen have. And so, you know, I worry that I'm proctoring in those moments. And then I just hear from someone's pocket or something, even though I asked them 80 times to give me their phones and what what's the seriousness level like? Do they are they pretty receptive? Are they are are they hooligans? I mean, I lock it down in my room. Like I was, I stood at my door today, like a bodyguard, like a bouncer. Anyone that entered phone. my room, the 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 first question they got, you got your phone on you, and if they did, it was like, well, that's not coming in here. Food, water, not coming in this room. So I I lock it down like it's Area Fifty One. No one's welcome in there. All you can bring is a calculator and a pencil. Anything else, be gone. I think that's the best approach. You know, you just, yeah. you got to give them that expectation before they even get into the room. That That's that's just good teaching. That's good teaching. Especially because I'm never like that usually. I'm always pretty laid back. So when they, I think they, they get it. They get that I'm the not messing around today. We got to do this. There's rules. A kid did drop his calculator and it was like, it looked exactly like a phone and my heart just sank into, well, maybe it rose into my throat. I was just like, oh my God, like I'm going to be the guy that has to deal with this. And it was just a calculator. So it was okay. No, 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 no. Well, good. I'm glad it was a good day. So tomorrow, are you guys back to regular classes? Back to normal, back to normal. And as a little extra dessert. We have parent-teacher conferences till 7.30 at night, so that's going to be right. fun. Um, and you guys do those a little different, too. You kind of just have parents just pop in, correct? Just free-for-all, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, well, that stinks. Yeah, it does. It does. It's all right, though. So, sometimes it's good, but most of the time it's like, yeah, your, your kid's great. Go home. Goodbye. Yeah. This was pointless. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I remember those days. I, we sign up for them now or the parents do rather take a oh. guess at how many have signed up for me tomorrow. Oh, especially since it's fourth quarter, nobody comes. I, I guess under three, <laughs> two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Spot on. <laughs> and one is basically in my home room. Yeah. And then the other is yeah. 99 percenter. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's, I don't know. We need to, we need to rework the model. Yeah. Uh, it's all right. It, it's, it's, it's good when it is purposeful and when like 
I feel like the conversation's productive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, we're, we're going to have an interesting conversation this episode. Um, before we get into our film, Triangle of Sadness, I want to hear your NBA playoff predictions. I think I heard you uh, turn on some play-in games. What, is that what I heard before we started recording? Can you uh, give me the scene of what you're seeing to the left of you? Um, so right now I'm looking at a commercial for... Uh, we've got some happy old people... Um, now I'm seeing a trailer for the movie Renfield. How about that? That's topical. Nice. Little vampire movie, Nick Cage. Um, but yeah, it's, it's halftime. The, um, the Raptors are playing the Bulls. I think they're beating them by nine or 11 or something like that. Um, I'm not a fan of the play in tournament. It's dumb. Well, really? You know, Why? It, you, you don't want to watch like, I don't know. You want to watch Muhammad Ali versus like, I don't know, the best boxer of Muhammad Ali's time besides him. You don't want to watch two two fat guys go up against each other. Like that's that's what the playing tournament feels like. It's two teams that they're not good. They're not gonna they got no shot. Well, my counter to that is why don't you just wait a couple days then for the Muhammad Ali's? Because that's what's gonna sure. happen. Well, see, for the NBA you gotta wait like a couple months. Like I might as well that's- just wait till July. Yeah, do you want to? I have the schedule up. Um, do you want to guess? I do want to. I, I do want to say I picked UConn when we did our March Madness, and yeah, I was you right. Did. You did. So I'm you pretty, did. Pretty proud of myself. Kudos to you. Kudos to you. Um, when do you think the first NBA Finals game is without looking? It's currently April twelfth. In- April twelfth for our viewers. When I was in high school, I was always in like mid, mid beginning of June. I'll guess June fifteenth. Mm. June first is game one. Okay, that's that's good. If it's yeah, if it goes to game seven, it's June eighteenth. That's insane. It's way too long. Are we gonna have our um, little fiestas where we watch some finals games and playoff games? Heck yeah, like man. Heck yeah. Now, here's the real question. Who's going to be in the, the finals? Are your Nuggets going to... I feel like they're on the down slope right now. Bad time to be on the down slope. Yeah. I mean... Hmm. <laughs> oh, this is I want, not, not very confident from you. I, want, I, I don't want to jinx anything. I'm confident we will get there. I will say if it's not... If we don't get to... The Western Conference Finals minimum. This season was a failure. Yeah, and yeah, definitely. And if we don't Ooh. get to the conference finals, something's got to change. Because yeah, so who, whose fault is it if you don't get there? Is it Mike Malone? Mm-hmm. Is it the coach? Is it Jamal Murray? Yeah. I, I doubt you'd blame it on your boy Jokic, but I don't know. How can I blame it on my boy Jokic? Right, right. He's 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 the reason he's the reason we're here, you know? Um, yeah. So it is Jamal, though, in my opinion. Okay. It goes back to him because Jokic is going to get his 25, 
15 and 12 roughly every night. Yeah, every night roughly. Jamal needs to be that bona fide two, number two guy. He needs to play all-star. I don't expect Bubble Murray. I don't think that's fair to expect Bubble Murray. But we need... We need we need bona fide Pippin to Jokic's Jordan. <laughs> and and you said that they're gonna make it. You feel like they're gonna make it to to where? How confident I, are I, you? I believe we're going knocking on wood. I believe we'll be in the finals. Okay. Against against the Boston Celtics, my two favorite Dude, teams. And no, I'm like- not a bandwagon fan. Yeah, you can't lose if it's the Celtics Nuggets. You can't lose. Shout out my boy, Derek. Who are you most afraid of in the Western Conference? Because I know the right answer, so. Mm-mm, okay. Um, mm. <laughs> mm, okay. I'm, I have the, the little bracket up here. Let me just say the play-in is kind of confusing, first of all. I agree. I agree. I like a scientist decoding who we're playing this weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. Uh, but anyways, um, okay, so I'll tell you what. It's been like this since 2013. Correct answer. You already yeah. got it right. Yeah, It's been like this since 2013. I Steph Curry, come yep. April time. He makes me nauseous, literal nausea, nausea. <laughs> I get sick. I remember we were watching the Celtics and like at your house, I was every time he touched the ball, I was like, oh my gosh. And Derek was we guarding him. We yeah, dude, Derek, Derek's guarding him, putting up like the best performance defensively he can. No matter what you do, you double team the guy, you triple team the guy. He'll, he'll dribble you out of your shorts. He'll just chuck it up anywhere. You won't even look at the rim and it's, it's in, it drives me absolutely insane. So probably them um, also because they just have vets that know when to turn it on. Right. Like you're always going to get, you're going to get a clay Thompson game where he goes for like 40 just randomly right when they need it. Yeah. You'll get the bulldog in Draymond. He'll Mm -hmm. beef up his podcast ratings in the process. (laughs) You know, Jordan Poole will be that streaky player that we know. Mm-hmm. But I'm also, I mean, Lakers, I'm scared. LeBron, dude. LeBron in playoffs? Yeah, but he hasn't done that the past few years. But, I mean, can you blame the situation around him? I think you forgot. They just won a championship not too long ago. I know, but like last year, did they miss the playoffs last year? Or they were out in the first round? Like they did, but Homie wasn't even like playing the last quarter of the season. Really was he was hurt. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I hey, I'm here for it. I would that would be awesome. We love LeBron on this podcast. Um, that'd be that'd be sick. But I don't know. I don't know about that. I'm I'm thankful for the Rudy Gobert, Kyle Anderson snafu because. Last night, the Lakers won. Mm-hmm. Had the T-Wolves won, we most likely would be playing the Lakers first round. Oh, yeah, that would so, be tough. Shout out Kyle Anderson being an instigator. <laughs> and and the, just like the perfect um, 
Like, he's the kid at school that gets in a fight and then doesn't get in trouble for it because you're like, this guy got in a fight? Like, what? <laughs> like, this has to be an outlier. This can't yeah. be real. He was just there. He was just there. He, was, he wasn't yeah. a part of it. <laughs> His nickname is Slow-Mo. Like, yeah. you, you, you can't be afraid of a guy named Slow-Mo getting punched by a guy named Slow-Mo. That just ends your career forever. Yeah, for real. I'll tell you who I'm not afraid of, though. Um Coming out of the West, hmm. I would. I mean, I would tear it, but I'm not afraid of the Memphis Grizzlies. Nah. I think I'm more afraid of the Kings than the Grizzlies. Yeah. Um, not. Not really scared of the Clippers. I mean, arguably, there are teams better than the Nuggets on paper. But, like, but, the Clippers are so – they're so lame, man. Like, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, when they got together, it was like, these guys are going to be crazy. Just just hasn't happened. Overrated. The last time Kawhi was really – Kawhi was when we were, again, watching those finals games when he was a Raptor. Yeah. Against the Golden State Warriors. Klay Thompson tore his ACL. Yep. We were together yeah, watching that game. Beat the 76ers. Yeah, that was iconic. Yeah. I like the 76ers. I kind of like Joel, but I don't think they can take down the Celtics. You like Joel Embiid? Yeah, I do. I don't really know why, but for some reason, I I do. Do you Is not like MVP? him? Well, yeah, that's what I was about to say. You don't like him because he goes against your guy Jokic for, for MVP. Mm-hmm. Is he your MVP? MVP? You're deflecting. It, it means it means nothing anymore. I take. Um, I'll take. Um, I'm gonna pick. Um, hmm, let's go. Udonis Haslam. Yeah. For MVP. Great pick. Great pick. Try no, it for real though. It's like the, the MVP is just so. It, it means nothing anymore. It's so dumb. LeBron should have won like eight MVPs in a row, but that's just not how it works. So it's, it's just stupid, man. I do agree with you there. And I mean, Giannis, Giannis should probably be the top person. It should go Giannis, Jokic, Embiid. Honestly, that's how the MVP should be. It should honestly be like a guy wins it just like six straight years in a row. And then, Another guy wins it six straight years in a row. And then another guy wins it six straight years in a row. They just keep taking each other's places as the best player in the NBA. It, it doesn't really, f- like, flip-flop all that much. No. No, it doesn't. Because, I mean, yeah. it, for the first half of the season, too, it was Luka. Where are the Mavericks now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've gone fishing, as Chuck would say. They're... Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't They're in cahoots. What is your... Uh, what is your your finals prediction? Just just put it out um, there in, in the world. I'll go. Uh, Warriors. What? Maybe, maybe the Suns. I mean, KD what? is dude. KD's KD's KD. I feel like he's gonna gotta turn it on the playoffs. Devin Booker is a guy um 
I don't know. The, the West is interesting. I I would like the you Celtics. Think the Nuggets are, you don't think the Nuggets? You didn't even mention the Denver Nuggets. Like I said, they're on the downturn. Jamal Murray's inconsistent. Yeah, he's. I would consider Devin Booker more of a guy than Jamal Murray. Like the the Suns have a better two than the than the Nuggets. But isn't that obvious though? D book um, over Jamal. I... Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm saying the Suns got a better shot than the Nuggets. But who has more dog in them is the question. Because that's what the playoffs uh, really boils down to. Because KD does well, not have that dog. KD has that snake right. in him. You're right. You're very right there. But who's who's got the who's got more experience? And then like that goes to the Warriors. Easy. The, the Nuggets have yeah. have shown time and time again. They just they're not cut out for it. So I'd say they don't have that dog in them. Collectively, yeah, we're we're learning. We're, yeah. we're, we're yeah, we're in our puppy phase. Maybe breeding how long into you gonna be learning? How that's, long are you gonna be learning? It's I feel like it's it's time to quit learning. It's time to show up. That's I agree, man. I I feel like this has to be the year. Everything is positioned for us. This has to be our year, and I'm gonna be severely disappointed. I, I yeah, I'm I'm trying. I've been trying to play it cool, but I think me just saying that now is. Yeah. Really just bringing it out. <laughs> so I, I guess Suns, Warriors, Nuggets. I'll, t- I'll take any of those three. I'm sorry that's not an answer. Um, if I had to go one, I'd probably go Suns and then out of the East. I mean, Giannis. How do you stop Giannis, man? How do you stop Giannis? A great question. And especially Chris Middleton's back. I don't know. I'm probably Bucks out of the East, but I would really like the Celtics or the 76ers. I don't think the 76ers stand a chance, if I'm being honest. Do you, who do you think has more of a chance, the Cavs or the 76ers? I was literally just about to say, I think the Cavs have a better chance. Um, I think, yeah, I, like I think it's going to go down to Bucks or Celtics. Yeah. That'll be a seven-game series, easily. Yeah, that'll be a good one. And I'll just oh, I can't this. wait, dude. I love playoff basketball, NBA. Let's go, baby. I'll just get so upset every time Giannis just drives to the hoop and dunks it. And it's just, what what do you do? You can't do anything. Put five guys on him. You can't stop him. And the year he they won, and then he won Finals MVP. He was doing more than just driving. He was knocking down shots, making free throws. Like at that point, literally unstoppable. Unstoppable. Yeah, There's literally nothing you can do at that point. If you and I played two on one, you and me against Giannis, two to twenty one, how many points do we score? Mm. Are we playing ones and twos or twos and threes? Uh, we'll go ones and twos. I would say no more than three. I I was right there with you. Yeah, maybe three. Maybe I one think of we us would only we would get we would knock down a couple shots. Because, yeah. like, we would just pass the ball and, like, he would have to scramble. Yeah. Which would create some space. But even even if, like, you're in the corner and I'm at maybe the top of the three-point line, he's covering that distance and I'm feeling the footsteps immediately as the <laughs> ball hits my hands. Like, I'm I'm scared already. And you can't drive. You, there's no – you got no shot at getting a layup. Can I ask you another kind of related question? Of course. Do you think you could honestly 
Okay, I'll give you two scenarios. First one is regular season game. Let's say it's game 17 of the season, right? Guys don't yeah. really care at this point. Right, um, right. Do you think you could play like and like manage your own for two minutes? When you say manage my own, what does that look like? Um, like let's say two K grading, like you know how you start out with like oh, a yeah. C? Yeah. Like would you would you be able to stay within that C range? Yeah. Yeah, I could stay within the C range. I could play some help side D. I could get out of the way when a guy comes to dunk in my face. Um I I could close out on a shooter. That lowers um, your rating though when you, when you're playing defense and they blow by a defensive breakdown, bro. No, no, no. It's another guy. I'm I'm guard. I'm help side. Um, oh, okay, okay. We're still help side. Defense. We're still help side defense. Yeah. Um, I I mean I would there's I wouldn't take a shot. No chance. I'd take a shot. I wouldn't even look at the rim. But I I think I could I could handle two minutes. I'd be I'd be gassed. I'd have to give it everything I had. I may throw up the second I get off the court, but <laughs> I may have to do like the jump out of bounds, throw it off a guy's leg so that I can get a breather after 30 seconds in. But I think I I could not make a fool of myself. Okay. Second scenario. You're on the Nuggets, Western Conference Finals, Game 7 versus LeBron. LeBron's on the this, floor. This is definitely imaginative if we're – Hey, come on. For the Lakers, right? Not for the Nuggets, right? Yeah. Okay. 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 Just had to check you. Um, do you think you can manage two minutes in that scenario? LeBron's oh. guarding you. You're guarding no, LeBron. No. <laughs> they're, they're, they'd have to clean the court because there'd be there'd be liquid streaming down my leg. I'd be so scared. Uh like, dude. If LeBron James is in front of me in a playoff atmosphere, um, I'm pooping my pants quick. <laughs> Speaking of injury, you're faking injury and get off the court yeah. ASAP. <laughs> That's probably your best way out at that point. Oh, Paul Pierce it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, don't downgrade the truth, baby. But yeah, well, the truth is that. He he went to the bathroom on the court. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what playoffs will do to you, man. <laughs> yeah, well, and you know what? I can't blame him. I just said I did the same thing. So imagine how scared he was. Speaking of um, unsanitary fluids, um, bowel uh, movements of the such, do you have any cool uh, or not cool but bizarre? puke stories and first of all how do you deal with puke in life and on screen let's start there when you say on screen you mean like when you see it right right okay um usually okay with puke on screen i'd say during the movie we're going to review today i watched it with my i mean i mentioned it on the last episode i couldn't believe i had to watch it again i watched it with my you know, the fingers over the eyes. Um, mm-hmm. As for real life, um, to be honest, I quite love puking. What? It's the best, man. It's the best. You know, you're 
you're not feeling so great, stomach's hurting, you're feeling a little nauseous, guess what? You throw up in like a minute, you feel perfectly fine. It's like the, it's one of the just built in human things that you just throw up and you feel a hundred times better after. So mm. the puking is like a cheat code. Sometimes you just, it, it really helps out. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you, you believe that you would rather puke than watch it on screen. Correct. I'd rather puke 500 times than see it on screen. Wow. Okay. And to add on to that, do you have any memorable puke story worthy moments? I have a few, but I'll, I'll just say one, cause this relates to our, our teacher life. Okay. Um, Oh my goodness. Even thinking about, I'll say this, my puke, I'm okay with other people's puke. Not so much. Agreed. Uh, this happened two years ago, maybe last year. I think last year. I'm giving, this is like the last day of uh, the first semester. I'm giving my Odyssey test. So it's dead silent in my room. Every kid's on the Chromebook filling out the Google form. You know, it's dead silent. Kids are focused. I look up. And all the way across the room, he wasn't facing me. I, you just, I heard it first. I heard it. Oh no, dude, just projectile vomit. All, oh, it went all. Oh, there were six desks. It was just all oh, over all no. of the desks. He did. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna gag thinking about it. He, he threw up. It was all over his Chromebook. It just went all no. over everything. The kid that was sitting across from him, luckily, like backed up just in time, like grabbed his Chromebook, got out of there. But it was just, I mean, when I say projectile vomit, it, it got some air. It had some arc on it. It it looked like a basketball shot. And oh, it, no. again, it was dead silent in my room. And, you know, he did it and everybody just like looked at me. I, what do you do in that situation? I, <laughs> That was my I was question. Like, what did you do? <laughs> I just said, um, let's all go to the library. So I everybody got their stuff. They got up. They went to the library. I went with them and then I called the office. I was like, can I get somebody to like to my room to help this kid? I'm trying to watch these kids taking a test. I'm going back to the room. I literally walked in the room. He's just sitting there. He hasn't done a thing. He's just sitting there in like shock that this has just happened in a room completely by himself. I walked in the room and it smelled so bad that I started oh. gagging myself and I was coughing. Uh, it was, dude, it was, it was rough. And then, I mean, I guess that's the main part of the story, but I, I actually went back to the library, finished up with the, my kids taking the test and then came back to my room. Luckily it was the last hour of the day. So there were two custodians in my room, like cleaning everything. They had like masks on and I was just like, God bless you all because yeah, man. Oh. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's great though. Cause like we've just seen, it's a great story to tell. Like, yeah, I had a kid just, just blow chunks during the odyssey test. It was, <laughs> oh, it was insane. It was insane. Oh, oh, see the, the smell, that, the smell. Oh. <laughs> That's something I worry about. Something I've I've never encountered as a teacher. And I I think you played it 
the perfect way. Remain calm. Let's get okay. everybody out. Let's get out of here. Call down the office. Yeah, you did. You did a good job. Five stars. Five stars for you there. Thank you. I, I felt bad when I came back and then I was gagging because I was like, yeah, I was say, maybe you lose a quarter of a star with the yeah. gagging. <laughs> you definitely really burned that bridge of a relationship with that kid. <laughs> I wanted to help the kid, but I like I could not go near him or I was going to it was going to be double, double trouble in there. It was going to be bad. Mm. And when was this? This was last year. Yeah, last year this happened. Okay. I probably don't know the kid then. No, I don't think you do. Don't yeah. think you do. All righty. Yeah. Well, I've been in that kid's shoes before. Yeah, so what, you got a crazy story, I presume? Yeah, so I was in fourth grade. My friend Cameron, I won't say his last name. My friend I got Cameron. a fourth grade follow-up story, too, but go ahead. Oh, oh let's go. <laughs> um, we'll see whose is better. Um, Yours is This kid Cameron... He says, hey, during our snack break, I bet you can't eat this whole bag of hot Cheetos as fast as you can. Nice. And knowing me, a little chubby kid, and I love Cheetos. And so I said, okay. And, you know, you're a fourth grader. It's the little lunch-sized Cheetos. Really not that much. But for a fourth grader, it's a, it's a pretty tall task to eat all that, especially – as fast as you can. And so I ate the hot Cheetos very fast. Cameron was impressed as he should have been. <laughs> I, I, I go back, we're in our math lesson and you know how back in the day, these are for my two thousands kids, TTF nation. Um, your, your lessons, like they would have like the, just the lamp projector thing. And like, it would be like the laminated papers that they would use the vis-a-vis markers on. Yes. And all that. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Um, oh, yeah. I remember I was sitting fairly close to that and oh. I just remember the heat radiating off of that. Gross. Starting at my toes. Gross. Tingling up into my body. Once it reached my, my knee I was like oh this is not gonna end well and so I was I was trying to just play it cool you know once it tickled into my mouth the tingling I just I just let her rip all over Emily's new K-Swiss shoes brand new all white she's crying i'm crying (laughs) i i get sent down to the office i'm crying waiting for my mom the whole time my mom gets there she takes me home the thing you mentioned about like throwing up and feeling better immediately is true because the moment i got home something switched and it was like it was like 10 30 in the day like, all right, this is tight. And I was just playing yeah. video games the rest of the day. See, man, it's the best. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, man, that that scarred me. And I cannot eat a hot Cheeto to this day. Yeah. Yeah. I've got some foods, some drinks like that. Yeah. You just can't do. No, hot Cheetos. Top of the list for me. Mm. Dang. Yeah, it's rough. I thought you were going to say that you threw up all over the 
the like overhead projector and oh, that yeah. imagine that projected up onto the wall uh, that would be so <laughs> just abstract art at that point yeah, yeah for real <laughs> for real there'd even be some like numbers behind it some multiplication behind it then the your chunks on it yeah that'd be great <laughs> so you threw up in fourth grade too yeah not not uh, or were not you camping in the scenario are you Cameron? No, 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 no. I um, We were at recess. Kid wanted to play football. I think he was a fifth grader. And I was like, you're not playing with us. And I think I pushed him. And then he grabbed me by the like shoulders and threw me down. I hit my head on the ground and got a concussion. Oh. Um, so went back to class. Wasn't feeling great. And I was like, yo, I think I need to go throw up. But I was like, you know, I was kind of afraid. Like, I was like, I don't want to ask to like, go to the bathroom and so I kind of waited too long took like three steps out of the classroom just threw up on the floor in like the <laughs> hallway and then just I didn't really tell anybody I just kept going to the bathroom like made my way to the bathroom you just and kept I, it moving no <laughs> then I found out that my friend stepped in it later <laughs> ah. yeah so that's, that was my fourth grade throw-up story. It would have been beautiful if, if it was the kid that threw you to the ground. Oh, that's that would have been good. That would have been good. But you just, you continued your day as normal? You didn't go home? No, I, like, I went to the bathroom and then I, I came back and I don't know. I don't, I don't know what happened to the throw-up because I would have had to have passed it again. Um, I don't remember that part of the story. Again, I was concussed. So there was some, maybe some memory loss as a young fourth grader, but my mom taught in the, she taught in the elementary school that I was in. So I do remember just sitting in her room the rest of the day. Gotcha. So I, it, it was been, not as cool as playing video games, but. No, it would have been cooler if you just kept it moving and you acted like nothing happened. Yeah. Just walked right back into the room. Yeah. Yo, somebody just threw up right outside the room. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> that would have been baller. That would have been baller. Yeah, I did um, not have that much in me as a fourth grader to pull that off. No, nah, I don't blame you. I think we were both a little too coy in these moments. You know, we waited too yeah. long, and that's what happens yeah. when you wait. Gets yeah. the best you Definitely. I think I've maybe thrown up every year of my life. Yeah, <laughs> I've probably done about that. Eh. Yeah, I've average probably, maybe. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I did though. It's been a while. Yeah, well, we'll make it happen soon enough, maybe. No, yeah, just throw me to the ground, <laughs> curb stomp me when we're playing backyard football or something. We'll make it happen. Or give me some hot Cheetos, it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. Just throw me some hot Cheetos and game over. For real, I can't <laughs> even look at them, dude. Yeah. <laughs> hot Cheetos. Nope. Uh, recipe for disaster. Speaking of... Yeah, you know what? Another type of chip? Um, Doritos, which are oddly in the shape of a triangle? Mmm, mm, I was about to segue, but you, you just, uh, you just, you one up to my segue. So, um, I may have had the cooler fourth grade throw up story, but you had the best segue there. Um, triangle of sadness. 
Yeah, sad Doritos. Yeah, sad Doritos. Um, not a good taco either. Uh, overrated at Taco Bell. The Doritos. Oh no Loco. way! Of Doritos Locos. Uh, overrated. Overrated. Uh, let's get into this though. <laughs> We've talked about puke for twenty minutes, roughly. <laughs> NBA and puke. Fun. Yeah, NBA and puke talk. Teachers talk film. Uh, we're talking triangle of sadness this week. Uh, this is a film that was released last year, 2022. Um, synopsis, a fashion model celebrity couple join an eventful cruise for the super rich. When I posted about this on Twitter this week, um, one of my friends from back home, fellow TTF nation member, TJ Cavillo, he said, triangle of sadness more like triangle of sucks. And I, <laughs> I saw said, that. Ooh, can I can I quote you for the pod? And he said, "Yeah, sure." Um, shout out TJ Cavillo, we love you. Um, but triangle of sucks. What do you think about that? What do you think about? That? Well, I was I actually wanted to send this back to you because I've seen this before. So I I kind of want your immediate thoughts. I want to know what you think about that, if that's okay. Okay. Yeah, of course. Bounce it back to me. Um, when this movie ended, I watched it yesterday. When it ended right away, I gave it a pretty high score, and I won't say what. But then I thought about it more, and then I dropped it lower, and then I bumped it up one point <laughs> to reach my final score, which is what it's at right now. Um, I'll tell you what. it's It runs at two hours and 27 minutes. It, it is triangle of sucks for the first hour in 10 minutes or so. Agonizingly slow. We don't need all that exposition. Character development is rather flat, in my opinion. Um, I do like Carl, however, played by Harris Dickinson. Um, I do. I kind of want to do like a an analysis on his character because he's rather interesting. I think he's a mama's boy who doesn't really know what he wants in life. Um, but no wonder you like him. <laughs> <laughs> we relate. We relate. Um, triangle of sucks to it transitioned for me to triangle of. Eh, I think question mark. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Okay. Um, I I am, I, I don't know. That, like you said, how you change your score for this movie, I'm like that as well. Because I, 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 I don't know. I feel like it's, this movie is like deep, but then I think about it more. And I'm like, oh, it's really not that deep. Like I really mm -hmm. don't have to think. I don't really have to think very much about it to get what it's trying to get across. Um I agree that it's slow, but I never, it's not one of the movies that I like dread watching that I'm like, oh my God, this is so slow. Like, I kind of don't mind how slow it is, but I also want it. It's not one of the movies that I'm like, like The Godfather. The Godfather's slow, but it's like, it's slow and it's, you're still hooked every second. I don't feel like that with this, this movie. Um, I would say that 
the third act is the best. The second is okay. And then like, like you were saying, the first act is like, eh, this is, um, I'm not super hooked right now. Um, so yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. I do want to say about the first act, it feels like an episode of Seinfeld. So I got to give us some credit there to where like they're, argue, they're arguing over nothing at all. And the argument just goes on forever and ever. Like that's a, that's a very Seinfeld esque, Larry David-esque thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think that those parts are pretty funny. Um, and I do think that this is like a sneaky, funny movie. But yeah, I, I totally I totally get where you're coming from with how slow it is. Yeah, so you mentioned like it's... Because I agree with you. It feels kind of on the nose when it's creating the commentary, like the social commentary. Um and maybe if you want to go like chapter by chapter, we can, but speaking broadly, what do you think the themes are? Like you said, like you think you can figure it out without too much thought. What do you, what do you, what did you figure out? So like, it's very clearly about rich people um, and just <laughs> how ridiculous their lives are compared to everyone else. Um, and then it's also very much about power. Uh, mm. and I, I think it get, does get a little bit more complex when it's talking about power, but when it's like, when it's showing how ridiculous rich people are, it's so heavy handed that it's, I, I don't know. It's like you, I, I just don't know. It's not, I don't take that much away from it. I'm like, yeah, these people are ridiculous, but it's not. I don't know. There's just not, there's nothing deeper than um, a a room full of models that are talking about. um, I I did think it was hilarious. Like the grumpy brands versus the happy brands. No, it's funny. A grumpy brand looks down on you because they think they're better than you. Like I do like all that, but then it just like stops right there. It's not, I don't know. It's not, there's no huge commentary about it. It's just talking about how ridiculous it is. Speaking of sadness, I was kind of sad because, like, I, I flex when I go to like an H and M. Like, I'm going to H and M, baby. I'm balling. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. Give me your poor people face. Give me <laughs> yeah. Your Balenciaga face. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it's just a whole nother echelon of wealth with these people, like you're kind of mentioning. Um, there is a great philosopher um, who goes by his stage name, MF Doom. And he has a he has an opening line for his song, Absolutely. Um, he did not come up with this, this phrase. I think this phrase comes from like a British philosopher. Um, but I'm going to cite MF Doom. Absolute power corrupts absolutely, mm-hmm. and that's that's what it's getting at in a lot of different ways for me. But it's also then showing that through the 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 commentary with the social classes. Are you, how familiar are you with The Great Gatsby? Um, read the book. Haven't seen the new movie. Seen the old movie. Um, I know there's a weird billboard with eyeballs on it. Mm, oh okay so you know that okay so i was running today just now before this and in my letterboxd review i said like this is like the great gatsby meets uh 
Titanic meets Lord of the Flies. Um, but with the Great Gatsby thing, like in Great Gatsby, there's three key settings. There's like West Egg, East Egg, and then the Valley of Ashes. And each one is like representative of a different social standing, social class. East Egg is like old money, people with generational wealth, things like that. West Egg is like new money, like up and comers, which is where Gatsby lives. And then there is the Valley of Ashes, basically where the uh, the minority population primarily lives, works, and they're kind of underappreciated and underserved. That's what this movie is on a boat, I feel like. Like the old, um, the Russian capitalist guy, he's, yeah. he's like, he's the old money. He's old money. We have Carl and Yaya are a representative of like this new money idea, kind of. And then mm-hmm. uh, uh, Abigail, pre-island, and the rest of the characters like that are representative of the Valley of Ashes. And then you mentioned Eckelberg, the billboard with the eyes, TJ Eckelberg. Um, that's my boy, Tomas, played by Woody Harrelson. Um, just looking down at all the immorality. Uh, I just, I love the connections there. Um, you mentioned Woody Harrelson, probably my favorite scene of the movie. It's unfortunate it happens during um, mass fecal matter and mass, <laughs> um, it's just all that. But I do love the scene because it just shows us that no matter how much money you have, no matter how cool you think you are, like we're we're all still human and we all, like there's just some things you can't beat. Like you can't beat nature. You can't beat a giant storm hitting you and you becoming seasick. So I like that it just kind of levels the playing field for everybody. And then I also just the idea, I don't know whose idea it was to have them reading the communist like manifesto over the loudspeakers mm-hmm. as all these rich people are just having the worst time of their lives. It's it's definitely my favorite scene of the whole movie. And it's just so funny. It is so funny that these two guys are in the cabin <laughs> talking to each other and this is going out on the speakers. I just love that part. It's so ironic. And yeah, but again, it's, it's not all that like deep. It's not, there's nothing crazy complex there. It's just funny when you think about the differences. Yeah. Woody Harrelson's like, um, basically making that guy like drink to excess yeah. Uh, basically to the point where he's just spoiled over right it's kind of like what his whole view on capitalism is right like everybody's just buying stuff just to buy it and woody harrelson views everyone as equal and political commentary aside like he seems to be like the one who like doesn't have a like he's not looking at the boat through the lens of luxury he looks at everybody as like, man, look at all these sheep, so to speak. Um, they're eating all these fancy foods that look like aloe vera. And I'm over here eating my French fries and hamburger. Yeah. I, I wish there was more of him in the movie, but I understand why there wasn't. Um, yeah. Yeah. He was great. Um, it's funny that you said the great Gatsby meets Lord of the Flies meets Titanic. Because when I reviewed it, I just pulled up my letterbox when I watched it. I actually watched this New Year's Day of 2023, and my review was uh, America's Next Top Model meets Below Deck meets Lord of the Flies. Um, okay. Have you have you seen Below Deck? I have not. I was going to ask you to give me a quick little elevator pitch. 
it's basically what happens on the boat. So it's this reality TV show that they like own this uh, yacht and they are like the, the people that work on the yacht and all these rich people show up and basically like, you know, the dropping the Nutella into the ocean just for this one guy. Like, mm -hmm. th like that's, if you watch this show, that's what people do. Like they request, request crazy stuff like that. Um, and it, it's, it's a awesome, like just terrible TV show, but I got hooked on it one summer and it was like all I watched all summer long. And then my dad started watching it. So we started talking about it and <laughs> it's just, you just see how, just how crazy these rich people are. And it's, there's just, it's just a different life. It's just, I don't even understand it. I, I don't even, I can't even comprehend being that like demanding of, of other people. But then in the third act, we see that maybe it's, maybe it's not their fault. Maybe it's just human nature. Mm, can you elaborate on that? That's interesting. Well, we take the, the character of, her name's not Paula, is it? What's her name? The the old guy's wife? No, the she's the worker on the boat. Oh, but yeah, then the, she... the, ship, the shipmate lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah her name's What's Paula. Her... It is? Yeah. Oh, okay. We just see her, like, again, it's not all that complex, but we just see it flip completely to where the old Russian guy is offering her Rolex watches to like stay in the boat. And she's like, that means nothing on a, we're stranded on an Island, dude. That means nothing. Like the fact that I know how to do these things to keep us alive. Like I'm the rich one now, basically I'm the one who controls you. And then we see how she like just immediately starts to wield her, her power. She's mm -hmm. like not giving the octopus to people. She's not, um, letting people sleep in the boat unless she allows them to. Um, so I don't know the, the switch just happens super quick and we see how much she cares about power and wants to hold on to it, especially with the, the ending, which I think we got to talk about. Yeah. I think you're thinking of my, my girl, Abigail though, not Paula. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. I was, yeah. I knew that. I had her yeah, name. Paula, wrong. the the short-haired blonde girl. Paula, yes, or yes, Abigail, yes. then is the quote-unquote toilet manager. Yeah, yeah. I'm I, know, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's yeah. just the dynamic totally shifts when they're taken out of their abundance life. Um, sometimes when I'm watching these types of movies, like that, like it feels like it's trying to be really deep. But like, if I'm able to guess things like too much it kind of ruins it for me. Like, um, I want to get back to the Island, but like the, again, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Um, there's that other couple who like, and I can't remember exactly their backstory, but like they, uh, they like make or like put a patent on the hand grenade. Yeah. yeah it's cause like, it's like profiting off of violence and war. Um, and then the moment, the moment I saw the pirates coming and like they had their guns, like I was like, oh, they're going to blow up the, the boat using a hand grenade. And the yeah. guy goes, give me that hand grenade. He says it very yeah. clearly. It's like, you don't need to say that. Just give him the hand grenade. No dialogue needed. Throw the right. hand grenade into the boat. Um, don't even have the moment where 
the girl picks up the hand grenade, the sweet little lady who made the hand grenade. And she's like, oh, honey, look at this one. And he's like, wait, no. Like, just have a, like, a quick little shot where they're just, like, laying lifeless in the water or something just so, like, you can bring it back without saying it. Because, like, nah, you, the, your, your inventions for profit will ultimately spoil your morality and cost you your life kind of thing. Like, yeah, it's, you don't have to do like you're doing too much. I feel like. And then like with the whole, like we're all in the same boat analogy, fairly on the nose, fairly on the nose. But then once they get onto the Island, the lifeboat, um, which is basically Abigail's again, she's the, she has the luxury there through the boat. Um, it's it's fun to watch, but it feels kind of obvious. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. There's no there's no nuance to it. There's no you don't you don't really have to question things. It just pretty much tells you exactly what it's trying to get across. Which I I, I think we want to be challenged a little bit more. We want to try and figure out what's going on more than mm-hmm. just it being handed to us. Well, how do you feel about the ending there? Because I do feel like the ending is ambiguous a little bit. Because, I mean, I think the interpretation is that Abigail indeed hits Yaya over the head with the rock and kills her. Spoilers, obviously. Um, but then there's the final the final scene where Carl's running through the woods, through the trees, and then it just ends. What's his next move? How do you interpret that part specifically? Well, it's like we also get right before that, we get that scene where the lady who had a stroke is sitting in a lifeboat and she has like a hallucination of the like... In the the guy that, Yeah, <laughs> but the guy that like comes to sell her like the bags. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, this, this is clearly a hallucination, not real. Um, so then my question becomes, is the like elevator that they see real? Like, are they actually on this island, this private resort island? Um, and even I noticed this time when Yaya's looking out on the sunset before they go, she says, she says, it's like, this is so surreal. And I was like, oh, surrealism is all about like dreams and visions. And mm-hmm. so I was like, is, is this elevator even a real thing? And I'm like, does it even really matter? Because we see what Abigail is going to do to her. Um, I did think it was interesting when Yaya's like, like she already notices that the balance is going to change when they go back to real life. Cause she's already says like, Hey, you can work for me when we mm-hmm. go back to real life. And it's like, well, that's the wrong thing to say. Cause she's going to kill you. Cause she does not want to go back to the the life that she had. So I think that, I don't know, I want to say that the ending is ambiguous, but at the same time, it's like, it doesn't leave me with any questions, which I think is not not great. Yeah, she also infers that Abigail has children, and like, it's very oh, much yeah. said like, I to believe, like, yeah, like, rich people, like, rich, rich, rich people don't procreate. Um, yeah. But do you think then Carl's running to try to save Yaya at the end there or what, what's that all about? 
Yeah, I don't know. I guess I have a couple different theories. I think they're all kind of stupid, but <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know, because that's. I, I guess he is running to save her, but even there are like some weird. Um, and maybe not even weird. There's just like little pockets of them talking about feminism. And um, that that part is kind of funny when Yaya's like, when you move your hands, like it's like, that's threatening to her. You're not allowed to do that. So <laughs> that makes me think like, should he even be going to save her? Or is she going to be upset by that, that he's like coming to save her? I don't, I don't even know. Um, yeah, I have no, I guess he, is that him knowing that, that uh, Abigail's going to do that to her. I, I have no idea. Yeah, I think the the my first thought was he's he hears Abigail or something and oh, runs yeah. to go see what's going on, and he hears maybe even Yaya screaming. Uh, I wonder if Yaya plays baseball too and chews gum obnoxiously. <laughs> um, but anyways. There's also when like they show the elevator and I, I, I lean more to the idea that it is indeed just a figment of their imagination. There is no real elevator there, but there's music that starts playing and it's kind of like, like high, high class, like model yeah. runway type of music. And like, I feel like he might be running to that again. Cause it's like his safe passage. Yeah. Um, but I, at the same time, I don't even know if he really loves yeah yeah or being in a relationship i feel right. like he just wants to be like he's an interesting character because in many scenes like he i feel like he wants to be like provided everything in life he always is talking about how gender roles are messed up like the bill scene at the beginning he's talking yeah. about like the the inequality quote unquote of gender roles um and like when he's with Abigail in the love boat, as they say, he doesn't like at first he looks kind of awkward, but as they continue to communicate, he looks more and more comfortable and content with being her little, her little love toy. And so it's almost like he's the role, like he's the role of the quote unquote woman. If we're talking gender roles and the right. rigid stereotypes and she is much more, of an embodiment of like the hunter gatherer, male superior quote unquote um, character persona. And I don't know, like part of me wonders if he even really wants to be with Yaya at the end. So that's why the, the running at the end kind of confuses me. There is that funny little interchange between, or just exchange between Yaya and Carl when she's like, coaching him on how to please abigail because mm -hmm. like she's this model she's had to like she says you have to stroke her ego like you know that she's had to do that with men before so like and that's the kind of like little commentary that i think the movie needed more of is things like that where it's not it's not heavy-handed telling you that like she's had to do this before. It's just slipping it in there. And you're like, you have to think about, Oh, these roles are reversed. That's kind of funny and interesting and like ironic. And that's where the like true satire and that's where the, the funny stuff comes in and the, the true commentary comes in. Um, but yeah, it, it just becomes heavy handed. So yeah, the running at the end, I really, I have no idea what, what's going on there, what it, what it means, what it's, 
I, yeah, I got nothing at all. I guess it could be pointing at the fact that like most, a lot of movies do end with like the guy saving the girl, the, and mm-hmm. this one doesn't, it ends before that. So maybe that's like the satire that it's pointing out. Um, but yeah, that's just off the top of my head. No idea. I like that. That's off the top. I like that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I was I was I was skeptical to talk about this one because it it is just so bizarre. Uh, some of like the technical qualities with it, I do love how immersive it feels. Like in terms of the the cinematography, when the yeah. boat, everybody's like trying to uh, just be in their spoils with the boat, and during the storm at the dinner, like the camera is tilting as the boat is tilting. So like you feel like you're there as well. I love when there's extensive dialogue too. And like the camera, there's no, there's no cuts. The camera is just like whips to the person talking. Um, They did that in the back car seat when they're talking about the village train. I love that. I love that. They do that in drive my car too, I believe. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah. I just, uh, the, the cinematography was great. I, that's probably what kept me in it for the first hour. And yeah, it's, it is kind of absurd, but it looks cool. <laughs> I did like just speaking cinematography during the like throw up scene at the very beginning when they're like the meals are coming out and then things kind of hit the fan. Like it, there's like a long take and it's like, all you want to do is look away and they won't let you because it's just they they even like they come from in the dining room they pull out to like the stairs there's just people crossing the camera throwing up in front of the camera people passing out on the side and it's just all happening in front of you and they don't cut like that's a great just moment of filmmaking so it, i think it's a, a really well-made movie and um yeah the commentary is it it's interesting but it's not it's not challenging at all which i i would like it to be yeah yeah, on that same note, on that same sort of section, when the player piano's playing and then the lady turns it off, and then as she turns it off, the other song picks up, which really then ramps the vomit montage. Um, yeah. Pop quiz. Do you know where else that song has played? It's I called don't even New remember the song. And then they start screaming. <laughs> no idea what that song is. Um. Well, I'll give you the first fifteen seconds. What's it called? It is called. It is called "New Noise" by Refused. And see if you can figure out where else this has been played. Because I immediately went to another key scene in another movie. Okay. The quality might be terrible. That's okay. Gonna skip. <laughs> I don't know. Shoot. Dang it. It's Friday Night Lights, player. Friday Night Lights. I've never seen Friday Night Lights movie. I've seen clips of it. I've seen parts of it. Never watched the full thing. I've never seen Friday Night Lights. I know the story. I know what happens. I know they're, I yeah, but never seen it. 
Wow. Well, that's with Booby Miles, right? Yes. It's all about the Black Knights. Yes. See? Yes. So I've seen, maybe I have seen the whole thing. It's just been a long time, but. It's a great book, too. Yeah. Great book. Yeah, that that song comes on um, when they're in the state championship game and the other team they're playing comes out. I think it's like Carter High School or something. They come out and they're coming out of the tunnel just. It's so I can picture it. I can picture it. It's sick. Dude, all the guys playing just like the actors look like they're like 45. Just full beards. Like, I'm gonna oh, walk in the. I've said this many times on this podcast that I need to walk into class like playing a certain song. That I'll, that'll be tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. It's called "New Noise" by Refuse. It's actually it. It gets you going, baby. It gets you going. All right, I'm, I'm gonna add it to the gym playlist. Yeah, there you go. You don't go to the gym. Um, I, we, I actually do. I've been going um like every day. So Monday, let's go. Eat Where are you that. going? About to get ripped, boy. Ripped. Are you going to the one by the by Walmart? Yes, I am. Okay, you're yes, getting I ready am. for pickleball Let's... season. <laughs> yep, yep. That's why. That's why I'm going. I like that. Um, what else you got for TTF Nation and Triangle of Sadness? I feel like we we really didn't uh we didn't really explore the full triangle with this film this week. Um, there's a lot of different scenes I would like to talk about and break down. Um, but I think I'm good here. I think I'm good here. I love where the movie gets its title. Like when that comes up in that first scene, it's like that, that's funny. That's good. I like that. Um, you wanted me to just give you a score? I'll give you a score. I'd love to hear your score. I think, yeah, I think I'm good here. Um, so when I, when I watched this the second time, I was like, man, I think I probably graded this too high. And then I went and looked up my score and I gave it an 83 and I was like, oh, I gave it the perfect score. Like that's, Mm. that's right where I'm at. So I was pretty, pretty happy with my past self that I, I agreed with my present self. Um, and yeah, for all the reasons I said, I think it's well-made. I'd like a little more, like a little more, um, Make me figure it out. Don't hand it to me yes. on a Agreed. on Agreed. a silver platter or a gold platter for Triangle of Sadness, I suppose. Yeah. Like like teachers, you need to ask questions and not tell the students. You need to probe yes, with yes. questions. And we needed yes. more of that. Um, that's interesting. 83, because when I first watched it, the ending or the whole movie, I was like, oh, that was good. I gave it an 86. I stepped away. Yeah. I made my lunch for the next day and I was like, you know, it's, it's it, nope. The movie Nope came in my head. I was like, it's not that much better than Nope. And I gave it oh, an 80. How, how dare you? Yeah. So I, I, I turned it back to 80 and then I was like, ah. I was like, eh. and I was like, let me, let me average them out. And so I went with 83 and now I'm like, ah, I'm at 81. And that's that's where it's sitting, 81. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think this deserved its best picture, Nam? Um, no. Hey, if Elvis got a best picture, yes. Nom, in that case, in that scenario, yes. This is but better I, than I do Elvis. see what you're saying. I do see what you're saying. And it was at 
Cannes Film Festival, which is obviously then going to give it some clout as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Triangle of Sadness. Um, do you know what we're watching next week? I do. I came prepared. Ooh, I'm excited. Um, I decided this like two or three weeks ago because I saw that it was coming to streaming. I was like, oh, I've always heard about this movie. Need to check it out. Um, Nicolas Cage and okay. John Travolta. Do you know what movie this is? Hmm. It's got to be fairly no. old. 1997. <clears throat> I don't know. This is called Face Off. Are oh, you... oh, oh, I've seen this. You know, I'm down. You've now. seen it? Yeah. Dang it. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch it again, though. I won't say anything. Else? No, no, I like it. Else? No, no, no. Okay. I had a student my first year of teaching absolutely loves this movie man <laughs> dude he told me to watch it every day he brought it he bought me a copy of it one day and he's like okay oh, will man. you watch it now and i was like okay i have to watch it and so i did oh. okay all right well, well yeah i've never don't seen ask it, me where so. that copy is now i don't know where it is but <laughs> face off where do, we, where do we find this uh it's on prime prime video okay. so hit up jeff bezos Get your get your prime video up and ready. John Travolta, Nick Cage. I'm I'm ready. I'm excited. Never never seen it. I I don't I've never even watched the trailer. I just know the premise and that's all. Okay. You know how like in NBA drafts they do like a draft comparison of like mm-hmm. the talent? Yeah. Do you want me to give like a, a a draft comparison or should we just leave it up in the air? I wrote my yeah. draft comparison down and maybe we can talk about it next time. No, give me one because I was interested. I, like, I can I give you what I thought it was going to be like before? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think it's going to be more on the blood sports side of things, the blade side yeah. of things. I wrote down blade. I wrote blade. Okay, S. okay, but then, <laughs> then I'm even more pumped. I might watch it right now. <laughs> it'll it'll be a good talk for sure. I I need to revisit okay, it. So. Good pick. Right. Good pick. I like it. I respect it. You have anything else for the peeps? I got nothing. I got nothing. I gotta go. Gotta go get swole. Gotta hit the gym. Um, I'm I'm trying to look like Carl. You know, I'm trying to look like uh, like I'm trying to look like the Balenciaga guys. Just never smile. Look down on people. (laughs) Carl's a good looking guy. Yeah, yeah. She kind of looks like Natiri from Avatar. I'm a fan. (laughs) All right. Until next time, (laughs) TTF Nation, do your homework, watch Face Off, and peace out. Peace out.